Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, as we reflect on your word and our life as disciples, your disciples in this world, we pray for your spirit to interact with our spirit, to help us, help us to grow as your disciples, help us to live as your disciples, help us to know what it means to follow you. And may we rely, may we rely on the tools and the gifts that you give us. May we rely on your faithfulness as we live. And Lord, as we talk about prayer and talking to you, may you help us further to deeper understand what prayer means for us today as we live. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Today's focus is pray without ceasing. I'm not quite sure what your life is like, your prayer life is like, whether you like prayer, whether you pray regularly, whether you talk to God regularly. There's a famous evangelist from England called George Muller and George himself was involved. One of the significant things for him is prayer. And there's this story about him when one day when he was walking down the streets of London, he saw all these homeless children, these young homeless children, and it was, he felt he needed to do something about it. And he felt that this was important to do something, to, to show God's love to them. The problem was when he put his hand in his pocket The only thing he had to give was a couple of pennies. But he still had this desire on his heart to help these young children. And so what he did, he did what he could and then he prayed about it. But he prayed and he did what he could. Prayed and did what he could. And he said, over time, it was amazing, the more times he prayed for help, the more help he got to help these children. And he's renowned for setting up an orphanage that has helped many children in England. And it's because he didn't just look for his own resources, he put his faith in God. Now, George was quite strong on the power of prayer. And he made this comment later in life. He said, one of our problems for most of us is we look at the prayers that don't get answered. He said, maybe we should look at the prayers that do get answered. And he kept a journal of prayers and he believes in his lifetime at least 30,000 prayers in his life were answered. And maybe that's the same for me and you. Sometimes we look at the prayers that don't get answered and we become despondent. Well, Jesus today, Jesus today in today's reading, um, is talking to some disciples and he starts off by making this comment. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Have you ever felt like giving up? Have you ever felt like going, there's enough of it? And particularly as a Christian, have you ever felt it would be disheartening to see these people who were once heavily involved in the church life and sharing the good news and being helping people in their Christian faith have said things like, I've served my time, uh, it's time for somebody else, and then slowly withdraw their activity from church life and from helping others and focusing more on themselves. And it's a sign that they're giving up. Now, one person who did that to me said once, I tried everything and nothing worked. So maybe somebody else should come along and do things. Well, if things are not working, maybe there's other things we should think about. But giving up, is exactly the temptation the disciples are facing. 
You see, one of the problems we have is we often like a nice, straight, simple path in our Christian life. We like things simple, straightforward. Often we like them predictable, particularly in a mainline church like ours. We like things to happen in a nice, orderly fashion and to be nice and straight and narrow. And that's what many people would prefer in their Christian life. Some people actually get disillusioned when that doesn't happen. But the reality is more like this. The reality is like travelling the longest road in the world. The longest road in the world goes from Magadan in Russia down to Cape Town in South Africa. It's 22,800 kilometres at its shortest. It can go longer. (coughs) If you were to travel that road... You would travel through war zones. You would travel through areas where you'd probably have to take money to bribe people. You would travel through difficult countries. Um, You would travel in places that were unpredictable. And you would face many unexpected situations. Some of them good, some of them challenging, and some of them terrible. And that's a lot like the Christian faith. And this is the context Jesus is talking into when he's addressing the disciples. He can see the future. The disciples, if you read the Gospels, one of the things I'm intrigued about is the disciples still don't get it up until his crucifixion. Still don't get that Jesus has to suffer for us to have life fully. And so Jesus is preparing them for their life as disciples. The context Jesus tells this parable in is that Christians are having and will have a difficult time. We live in an era where we are starting to see some of that. And that's because we don't live in what used to be called Christendom or what is commonly called Christendom. And Christendom is where Christianity has power and exerts its power over everything. We are now living in an era where Christians will have troubles and challenges. Some of those in some countries can be persecution for being a faith. And if you look at our prayers of the church that we have in the bulletin each week, we highlight a country where Christians are persecuted. And you can click on the link in the the weekly update and you can go to and hear more about that persecution. For instance, this week in Mozambique is the the focus. And in Mozambique, Christians um, are terrorised by Islamic fundamentals in Mozambique. But we also can be challenged in our own Christian life. You know, families, family members may scoff at us. We may find it difficult in our relationships. Right? And this is the exact context Jesus is talking into. The other thing he's doing thing is, that, is that for some Christians and for other people who are interested in God, like the Pharisees, God is not acting quick enough, nor how they want. Right? These are the two things that are highlighted. For um, some people, this is true for today as well, isn't it? Some Christians believe God's not acting quick enough and they can get disillusioned. You know, I've spoken to people who have left the church and one of their things has been sometimes it's a problem with the church community, but often, for many of them, it's an issue. God's not doing what they want, when they want and how they want and how quick. And in this context, what Jesus is talking to in relation to the coming of the kingdom. And so Jesus is saying is that constant prayer 
is important for the Christian discipleship life. This idea of constantly praying, being a person who constantly prays, being a person who puts your concerns, your worries, your challenges, your thanks towards God and seeing what God can do and trusting that God is at work. So what can we learn from this parable? Well, if you want to quickly open up the Bible and read this parable, there's a challenge for us. Because often we have, when Jesus has a parable, he often uses the judge sort of character, people with power, as this is God. But this is not the case in this parable. What can we learn from this parable? Well, we see there may be some people with power, in this case they're called judges. They're not the judges that sit in a court. They're the judges that are in a community that have power to judge what care is needed for the community and judge how the community should go. The problem is these people who have this power, this, particularly this judge, is unwilling to use their power as God and the community expects, which is to care for people. That same problem exists today. Now, they may be persuaded, as we see, by constant badgering. And what makes me laugh a little bit is that in this, this judge here, in this parable, and I think Jesus is having a bit of fun, but you've got this powerful judge and this widow, and widows were considered people who had very little power. This judge is persuaded to show some mercy and care for this widow because, not because it's what he should do, but because he's worried, um, and I think the, the word in the, new, the language in the New Testament, NIV says, um, he's worried that he's going to be attacked. Well, some of the Greek actually implies he's worried he's going to get a black eye. Right? I find that quite strange when you've got this powerful judge and this widow, right? And here he's worried. But maybe it's not a physical attack. Maybe he's worried about his reputation. Maybe he's worried about his reputation and that's the only reason he'll do something. I like some politicians, some business leaders are today. Now, one of the things that um, is often presented when I've been doing some what they call governance training is you need to worry about our reputation. Just worry if if it appears on the front page of the paper. And when I was in a course one time, somebody said, if that's all we're worried about, we shouldn't be in this room. We should actually be doing what we're called to do. And so this parable is not that God acts in this way. Jesus said, God is different. God the Father is different. And so we need to look how he acts. This is what he said in verse 7 to 8. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. And as we spoke about last week, we need to then look at If we're going to understand how God's going to respond to our prayers, we need to then look at the character of God as revealed through the scriptures. From last week's sermon, remember, in the Lord's Prayer, we discovered, or it was made clear to us, that God's character is he's a father, he's intimate. He wants to have an intimate relationship with us. The word Abba is used in loving father, or Pater is used as a loving father. He's holy And he's a concerning, powerful king. 
But then when we dive even further into scriptures, we can find some other things about God. We find he's a loving heavenly father. You know, when we speak to God, we're not just speaking to someone who's powerful, who's the creator of the universe. We're also speaking to somebody who's our loving heavenly father. Somebody who loves us deeply, has our interests at heart, our eternal interests at heart. We also discover that God's focus for us as we live is not about accumulating things or having a nice healthy life or comfortable life necessarily, but about us living a life of loving God and loving others. And that can affect and should affect how we pray. We also discover, and this I think is important, particularly for someone like me who's not so patient, that God is patient. That he's very patient. In fact, that second Peter reading, verses, chapter 3, verse 9, actually says God is not slow in responding to us, but he's patient. Patient not wanting anyone to... to patient because he wants to save all people. And throughout scripture we hear God is faithful. And lastly, we hear his focus. His focus in life is your salvation and the salvation of others. And so as we think about our prayers, as we think about God we're praying to, these are the things that should affect us. And so... Perhaps, maybe our prayers are not so much about what we get or what others get. Maybe Jesus encourages us to pray constantly, not so we get things. Now, we still bring those things to God in prayer, but so we grow in and are shaped by our relationship with God. So we constantly have this conversation with God about life, about the stuff, the problems we face about the things in life, the things in need. And as one person who I, I know of who calls himself a reformed intercessor says this, I still pray for things, miracles and people. But now instead of looking, am I getting what I asked for? Am I getting how I wanted it? I look to see how does God go about answering my prayers? And how does he use the answers to my prayers? This is exciting. So in other words, perhaps, you know, this call for us to pray constantly is one of helping us grow in our relationship with Jesus, grow in our relationship with God. And that as we grow, we're shaped by God rather than just about what we get or what others get. I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel that part of my the healthiest relationships are those I'm regularly people I'm regularly talking to. You know, and I notice in my own family, you know, my, my not just my family here, but my family of my sisters and my mother. Um, when we're talking more, we have a better relationship. We understand each other more. And likewise, when we're talking more to God in prayer, we're starting to grasp. God more and understand him more. And one of the things that we are called to pray for is our church. And there's a story in Tom Rainer's material, Tom and Sam Rainer's material on revitalising the church. 
a story of Ruth who um, went to one of their um, seminars or their workshops on revitalising their local congregation. And Ruth was the normal person who was a regular prayer. She was committed to prayer. If, if somebody asked for prayer, she'd put her hand up and pray. And she made this comment. She said, I realised I was praying for people who were sick and unwell, yet I wasn't praying for my church that was sick and unwell. And so she began to pray. Now, Thomas and Sam Rayner said through their research, one of the common things that happens for, for revitalised churches is they have prayer as a key component. Not the only thing, but a key component of churches that revitalise. And so Ruth began praying and she says, I would have loved to tell you that the moment I began praying, things turned around. But it didn't. It took two years before we started to see the fruits of our prayer. But we kept praying, trusting that God was going to do something. Trusting that God is going to be at work. And she said, the other thing is that we did pray for more people to come in, but as we prayed, our prayers were more about, God, show us the attitude that we need to have. Change us. Prepare us to be your people. Help us to be the people you want us to be. And she said, and that, and that two years after they began praying and a small group of people gathered to, as part of the congregation, it didn't need to be everybody, but a small group gathered, they started to notice the attitude of people in the congregation began to change. And it had a positive effect on the church. And people did start to come and were welcomed and were encouraged. So what does this mean for us in living the faith? Well, first of all, let us be people who are committed to praying daily about every situation. Bring before God every situation in your life, the good, the ordinary, and the not so good. Pray about them. Pray humbly about them. Then keep learning more about prayer through both reading and studying, but also praying. Um, I am more and more convinced that the Christian faith is one that we learn from not just reading, but actually doing things, putting things into place. And that's one of the reasons why I encourage you to write today's prayer of the church in one sense. Now, because the prayer of the church is not just about praying for our own needs, it's about praying that for the, for the love of God and for the loving of others. And as you pray, keep your eyes on God. You know, often we'll pray for things we need, and that's our eyes on ourselves, or often we pray for the disasters in the world or the problems. And sometimes we can become quite disillusioned. But let's keep our eyes on God. His promises, his love, his grace. And importantly, pray for the long journey of faith. Pray for the long journey of faith that you have. And not to be discouraged by the challenges on the journey. Because the reality is there's going to be many challenges. 
There's going to be many challenges to our faith. And some of those challenges are things that um, are not necessarily bad things that happen to us, but also the good, but they lead us away from people of faith. They lead us away from having a loving relationship with God and others. That George Muller, who I talked about, he is renowned for prayer. And he tells this story, which he says, prayer can do many marvellous things, um, sometimes unexpected. And he said, often our prayers, we don't get many answers that we see straight away, but sometimes we get strange and peculiar answers. And he tells this story that he was on a ship one day, um, travelling, and that was probably the main mode of transport back then. And he had, as he was travelled, he had a prayer meeting as part of the ship, and he invited this bloke along. This bloke said, oh, no, I'm an agnostic, I'm not, you know, I'm not coming along. And he said, I'll oh, come along. And the bloke said, well, all right, I'll come along. And this bloke thought, I'm going to have some fun at this. I'm going to have some fun at this prayer meeting. And, he, and the bloke took along a couple of oranges and what happened was the lady was praying up the front, hands out, and she's praying like this and the agnostic went up there and just put the oranges in her hands. And afterwards, George went up to this lady and this bloke was nearby and said to him, oh, how was your prayer life? And he said, oh, it was amazing. And she said, you know what, I was hungry and I was praying for an orange, you know, the sweet taste of an orange, and God gave me two. But what's even more strange is that agnostic went, maybe God somehow used me to answer her prayers. And maybe our prayers get answered in strange ways as well. Remember this line. And Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And why? If we go to the very last verse of today's reading, what was it? When the Son of Man comes, will he still find faith? May you go and live a life of prayer, trusting in a loving God, having patience with a loving God, patience with a loving God and knowing that a loving God hears your prayers. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of prayer. We thank you for the thoughts you give us. We thank you that you're always listening to our prayers. And Lord, help us to be people, people who go on in life through the good, the ordinary and the difficult, praying and trusting you. Lord, help us to have those conversations with you so that our faith is shaped by you. And gracious Lord, we thank you for who you are and what you give us. And we pray for your Holy Spirit to be with us as we live this life. Let us not be distracted, distracted by the good things in this world that lead us away from you. But let us see how those good things can lead us to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.